Hey everyone! Ugh, the time, the time has finally come. <gasps> Woo! We, Akko and I, oh, this is Marcy, by the way, in case you don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> we <laughs> have been asking for several episodes um, for you all's help to get to 25 ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. And we promised to, upon reaching 25, we promised to release our first ever recording ever when we talked about Octavia Butler's book of Martha. Mind you, this is before we ever were like Marcy and Akko officially on the mic. This is literally the first thing we ever recorded before we ever even a show. And we promised to offer that to y'all if we got here. And the time has come. So here it is. And before getting into the episode, we just wanted to give a particular shout out to everyone who's ever left us a review on Apple Podcasts, um, like a written review going into detail about the show. And those names would include Jazz Devotee, Hello There, Hey Hi, someone by the name of Nell For Ya, For Chapin Glory, Jewel 3, Rose B43, 2D Lover, Chaco Kate, Chelsea Opera, X Taffy, KK215, Vicky Bismi, Coca Lady, King Hughes, and anyone who left a review or stars. We have five stars for everyone. So thank you yeah. so much. Yeah. Anyone who listened, recommended the show to someone, shouted us out on social media, anything. Yeah. Yeah. Thank y'all. We just, we, as cliche as it may sound, like it is truly for y'all. Like it's truly for y'all. So we just, yeah, we love y'all. And we just appreciate that y'all are able to lift up this weird shit that Akko <laughs> and I have really just been doing for the past hour for the fuck long, just literally wilding at this point. Um, so yeah, so yes. thank y'all for being along with us for this ride. And as just a gift and as a show, as more so a show of appreciation, uh, we just want to release this episode to you all. So yes. without further ado, moving past all this preamble, get ready for Book of Martha. Yay! <laughs> Hi, I'm Marcy. And I'm Akko. And welcome to Color Pages Book Club, a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. And this week, we'll be reading The Book of Martha by Octavia Butler. But before we dive into that, how are you, Marcy? Are there any quotes that resonated with you this week? Well, Akko, <laughs> since you ask, um, so, you know, I was just like, you know, live my whole ass life this week. And I just came across this quote from Oscar Wilde that just like really sat with a bitch. Okay. So at one point he said, selfishness is not living as one wishes to live. It is asking others to live as one wishes to live. And I was like, that, that just really stuck with me because I just feel like, you know, honestly, like, selfishness just gets a bad rap but like at the end of the day like it's like so much better than that so i don't know i just thought that was it was cute it was cute huh i never thought about it that way but i agree maybe it's selfish to ask us not to be our true selves so anyway so let's jump into the book um this week we'll be reading the book of martha written by octavia butler who was an American science fiction writer in the mid-20th century, one of the very first African-American women in the field at the time. So shout out to her. She's known for her books such as Kindred and the book series Parable of the Sower, and just for generally being ahead of her time. She's now returned to the popular consciousness because people have started to really realize that she had a lot to say and that her projections of the future, while different than we expected, were more or less correct. Um, so, uh, yeah, people have become more familiar with her books. 
Yeah, that's it. It's actually really interesting that you say that because I f- <laughs> so I feel like Loki kind of fake because Octavia Butler is like one of those authors who like you know everyone's like you know I I tend to be in a lot of like you know feminist like social justice spaces whatever um, and motherfuckers are always like citing her and they're like oh my god like genius like queen and I'm always like yes like goddess like oh my god but like I've like literally never read anything she's written <laughs> so I'm like fake as fuck so um, yes yeah, so yes yeah, so I'm actually really excited to be talking about this because mm. I can you know end this whole like lie that I've been living for the past. <laughs> 25 years um but yeah so but yeah but it was it was it was interesting book of martha so essentially you know it's a short story right and so it kind of explores basically it's it's between two characters it's between god and this woman named martha bees i think her name is is that her last name i don't actually remember okay well i thought it was just martha martha bees so we just (laughs) we just gonna call her martha bees so it's between god and martha bees right and so basically it kind of starts off with um like martha wakes up in this sort of like gray landscape and there's like no introduction yeah just nothing there but basically her and god or who she perceives to be god and so it kind of starts off with like them talking a little bit and she's just sort of like where am i like what's up and then god's like oh well like what do you see and she's like oh like nothing much just <laughs> a kinda, whole lot of nothing just a lot of you and nothing and he was just like okay that's really interesting um and it kind of starts off with god being like who she sees as god is essentially like a 12 foot tall like Moses-y sort of like right. white guy like very standard this is what they teach you in bible study long hair book of the ten commandments right yeah, so it was kind of like that. Um, and so basically, God's like, yeah, um, you know, you're not really on Earth at the moment, uh, but basically, like, you, I actually have a commission for you. I want you to kind of go back to Earth and um, essentially solve, like, like basically go back and help everything. Solve yeah, everything. basically, like, fix everything, Loki. So basically, God's like, yeah, like, so I kind of want you to go back and help to sort of get humanity out of this period of like restless adolescence that they're in, this period right. of like selfishness and all of that. He uses that word a lot, restless adolescence. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting because basically, like Martha's sort of like, well, girl, what does that mean? What does that mean? And yes. Like God's like, oh yeah, well, I, I just want you to basically go back and like just sort of change one thing about humanity, and right. then like hopefully like fix humanity. And then Martha's like, oh, okay, cool. Like what's that? <laughs> Thing. Well, she's a resistant effort. Oh, yeah. You know, she's <laughs> just like, great, let's start another flood. Right. <laughs> she definitely has her thoughts about the situation. And it's actually seems pretty hesitant and mm-hmm. afraid that she'll make some mistakes and cause maybe more harm than good in the situation. Right. And so basically it's kind of this back and forth of, you know, God and Martha trying to figure out what's the best way of mm. Solving humanity's like adolescence. And it's interesting because Martha's kind of surprised because, like, you know, she's like, Well, God, like, don't you know? everything like can't you just tell a bitch what to do and then god's like oh well like yeah i kind of gave up that ability you know it just like kind of makes things too easy and like she was like what so (laughs) they end up like going to a park at one point and kind of like juggling some ideas around like at one point martha was like okay well maybe like we can make it so that humanity can only or like everyone's limited to only being able to produce two offspring to kind of like limit population growth and stuff and then god was like well but like what about i don't know like People whose kids die. Mm-hmm. People who I, wasn't that the main one? If your kids die? pretty much, at least like if your kids die or like some other horrible shit happens or like right. surrogate, you know, mothers, right. things right. like that, right. or like you know, d- just all these different things. Um, 
And so Martha was like, okay, well, judging from your the quickness with which you shot that shit down, I think that's <laughs> not the best wrong. idea here. Right. And so basically, um, she was like, okay, well, what if we maybe made it so that like people can have these really vivid dreams, right? That like kind of pointed to their wildest fantasies and like basically like essentially living in a utopia, but like in their dreams, right? So like, it, oh, she's she's calls it a personal utopia that you can go to every night and then live there and then come back to reality every time you wake up, right? And so that was kind of essentially the thinking. And so they kind of go back and forth. And then, like, God's like, yeah, like, I'll give you some time to, like, think about it. But just, like, let me know when you're, like, ready. <laughs> um, and then Martha's like, is there, like, a time limit for this shit? And God's like, no, like, just take your time. And then Whenever you want to get back to it. And then Martha's like, am I dead? And she's like, and the God's like, well, you're with me. And Martha's like, that's not really the answer to the question right. here. But I'll actually get to that, my thoughts on that later. But basically, Martha goes back to, like, you know, what seems to be her house links up with god later god it's now a black guy um mm. and so they're just like chilling eating a tuna sandwich and then instantly god turns into a black woman right and they're kind of throwing back and forth this like sort of this dream idea um and they, they like added to be once she gets to the dream idea there doesn't seem to be any more i like she kind of just runs with the dream idea yeah so and they like added something when like god had turned. I, I, i'm trying to remember right what, there was a part where god was points out that well if people are in these very vis- visceral and like strong dreams, they might not take care of their children and other responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Oh no. So we need to fix the dreams so that you still want to be responsible. And you're like, okay, that's, <laughs> it seems like a quick fix there, Martha, but <laughs> sure. Right. And so, yeah, so that was basically kind of the thinking It's like, okay, like the, yeah, the dreams would like sort of lead them to this like higher state of consciousness. So that when they woke up, they would be motivated to like, you know, be not, you know, like not, not be shit basically and like yeah. do something with their lives yeah. um and so then like martha hugs god and is like okay cool and then god's like okay like i guess we can do that now and like she was like great and then god's like do you want to like remember any of this and she was like no like i'd like to forget but as she finishes that sentence she's like back where she was before right. she met up with god already forgetting right she and she's like i'm trying to she's like girl what am i trying to forget and then it's like the end right so that's the summary right of the plot. <laughs> And um, feelings I, and thoughts, right? I think I, the overall story, and I wrote this down. Is I, I really think what Octavia Butler does well that we don't think about is how very subtly she completely changes the way you see the world. So, or what's possible. So they're talking about this um, changing humanity, and she just low key points out, "Wait, wouldn't that change the basic tenets of what a human was?" And you're like, "Whoa." Then all of a sudden you're thinking, wait, what makes us human? Like, what is the philosophy that makes us human? Mm-hmm. And if we changed it, would that make us a different species, uh, an elevated person? And God's kind of like, yep. And that's completely in within your grasp. <laughs> and I don't think we think about that, of mm-hmm. like changing ourselves or changing humanity so much that we become someone else. We think that's not something we can do. And right. Octavia Butler just throws in the story like, like she's eating her tuna sandwich. Right. Like, <laughs> it's not even a big deal. So I thought that kind of, that's what she always does in all of her, I've read a couple of um, her books and it's kind of her premise for all of them. Is mm-hmm. She makes something very revolutionary or very big seem very commonplace, which is interesting. Yeah. It, honestly, it was interesting because I was really surprised by like the tone of the story, I guess. Because, oh. you know, like, 
everyone's like, oh my god, girl, Octavia Butler. Like mm. this, like I was expect, like I was expecting just like you know the super like okay, this is like hella in the weeds, it's, like super complex, like mm. but it was like really comprehensible, really like very easy to sort of follow along. I don't know, I don't know why I expected it to be a bit more like not not esoteric, but just kind of like just more like oh shit, God. But it was kind of like God and Martha were just like. Chilling, like key king, like and like Martha was like Loki getting bucked with God at points. It was like, girl, can you like give me some direct fucking answers? Like, 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 you know, he he called plagues down once, right? If you recall, like like, Martha's over here, like oh, she Martha really had to get herself together. Like, girl, okay, so I'm talking to God. Let me get my shit together. Like, let (laughs) me just come correct a little. (laughs) Like, stop this. And it was interesting too because I liked how there was like there was a multiplicity there, right? Like, and and I think. It was funny because having God be a character and be like sort of like I mean obviously he sort of personified in in a lot of respects it it made it it made me sort of question I guess some of the some of the things that we sort of consider to be basic tenets of God so for example hmm. like at the very beginning you know they were talking about um, like when God was like oh hey Martha like I need you to go to Earth and like you know fix this shit um, he was like yeah like I want you to think about like Job Jonah and Noah in particular Job jo- there we go <laughs> yep mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like Christianity um, and so basically like to kind of recap like you know Martha's like yeah girl I grew up in the church like I know who these motherfuckers are like you know kind of gave a summary of each one right and I remember like she was kind of going over the story of Job or basically there was like this <laughs> you bet don't want to like, call him Job <laughs> I'm so, oh, Job. Um, Job. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so basically, they're going over like the story of Job, and God's like, hey, Job, um, me and Satan are having this whole, like, had this whole bet going on, right? And so basically, like, Job's life just kind of like went asunder. Like, you know, this motherfucker like lost his health, it, like his it children. Got it got like really fucked mm. up. And then basically, but Job like stayed devout to God and like didn't question God's like love for him. And then like basically as a result of that belief, like was able to come across like new riches and new health and stuff like that. Although I've debated this many a times. And if your family dies and you get a new family, that does not replace your <laughs> own family. <laughs> I was just like, I remember reading that as a kid with my parents. I mean, like, but maybe he loved Susan, his his second daughter who died the first time. <laughs> it's not okay that he got Susan 2.0. <laughs> also, how does Susan 2.0 feel like being the replacement? But that's right. a whole different diatribe for a different day. Exactly. And it was interesting because I was like, it, it was funny because like, it was just like, oh yeah, like, Job did the right thing by staying devout, but it's mm-hmm. like, but at the same time, like, like it's not like like unreasonable for someone to be like, I lost my whole ass family, my health I is a mess, upset. I lost my job, girl, I got nothing. Like my life is fucked up. Like this is fucked up. Mm-hmm. And it was as if like if he had even taken a moment to like consider like, hey, maybe like, like has God forgotten about me? Like all of that. Like that's like not in my opinion not unreasonable. Of course not to jump into that. And it was interesting because like in the story you kind of see how a lot of the tennis that we. Or a lot of the characteristics that we ascribe to God, honestly, when you link them to a person, are like kind of abusive. Like mm. even like for example, like when they were going, like they were like in the park, right? And so like Martha had given out her first idea of what was it? Um, the whole, the, yeah, like the whole children, like limit of two children thing. I remember there was like a passage like where they were talking about how like she wanted to kind of voice her thoughts, but like was trying to figure out the best way to say it without making God angry. Like she mm. like the whole time was like, I just don't want to like piss this person off, and it was just mm. kind of one of those things where it's like. It's like it's one of those things where it's like I get it. You like respect this figure. You don't want to like come at them like mm. incorrect. But at the same time, there was like this like innate sort of power imbalance, and like even sort of the ways that like God was like explaining, que- like answering questions and things like that, and being like you know Martha would just be like you know why can't you send someone else to do this? Like I feel like I'm not really the right person. Da 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 da. Like 
God's response has made it seem like a lot of this was just like a game, right? Like it was just like, oh yeah, I tried this before, like didn't really work. Like, it, there was like just like this callousness right. in describing it where I was kind of like, this is like, when we when we describe it to like a deity, it's like fine. But when you look mm. at God as more of a person, you're like, yikes. Like this is like, not, I don't know. Wild. For me, I was kind of like, these are like not great characteristics right. in a person. So why is it acceptable that we like ascribe this to like a deity? To a God. That's so, a good point. I, I didn't think about it that way. But yeah, I, and she kind of points it out that like, one person, she's like, we've given people this task before, and what happened? He's like, well, some of them just went insane. Others went into, like, crazy sexual proclivities. Others just, like, couldn't handle it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, that sounds awful. And I, I agree with you. There is something to be, there's something in it that, that makes you wonder about God and how we view view them. I don't really think God's gendered, but um, mm-hmm. but I also thought... Um, one of the things I was thinking, he he's at a point where he says something like, I don't do that anymore, as if he used to do this type of thing with humans, and then he has evolved. And I think, like you were saying, I think it makes you question what exactly is God, and what's the difference between the way we imagine God to be, and if you believe that God is even around, what, what it actually is, you know? And mm-hmm. so... So then even if you take the Job story, is the question really that that God is manipulating the situation or is the question that God actually can't do something? And I think mm. the idea of what God can't do is not something that we really like to argue with in our faith or in our religion. No one wants to think that God is limited in any capacity. Right. But I think the point of the story is God saying, I actually chose to give people free will so i actually can't stop your bad decisions right and he makes this point when he talks about mistakes he's like you guys make mistakes that literally kill half the planet and <laughs> <laughs> i said you're allowed to have free will and, and so it's like there's just some really interesting points that if you aren't religious it doesn't really matter to you anyway mm-hmm. because this, the whole thing's kind of a wash but if you it is actually a revolutionary way to look at religion and of itself because he, he ma- there are just some really interesting points that um, God makes, like the, even the fact that God changes when she's looking at, at 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 them. That in itself makes you wonder, like how much of what we hold on to is what people have taught us mm-hmm. um, about how we're supposed to believe, and how much does religion come from culture that's supposed to oppress us when it doesn't actually have to hold on to the philosophy. Right. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah, I just thought that that was a good point. I thought it it, it made me think more about what I felt about religion. Um, mm-hmm. And it just made me wonder, what are we so afraid of? Like, if God is not perfect and can't do everything, what do we lose as a humanity? I think it's, I think it's, I guess, more of what we sort of gain in a sense. Because mm-hmm. I think when especially in the story when god's like it's so it was something i found yes re- I, I agree yeah I agree. like we do gain i just mm-hmm. wonder what we as humans are afraid of that we hold on to god as like this perfect omnipresent entity i think it's one of those things where like you know when you're surrounded by a world with like so much like injustice and calamity mm-hmm. and chaos it's like it's comforting to think that there's like this perfect you know omnipresent being that like is supervising everything and that at any moment can jump in and make things okay but i think when you uh... realize that like even that being is limited and like motherfucker y'all really got to deal with this shit and figure this the fuck out like in the in there's no guaranteed good ending i think that's the part that makes people uncomfortable very afraid because yeah. it's like oh shit like there's no perfect thing that can just like 
fix all of this and like yeah this might just be we might actually have to like deal with deal what we have done (laughs) to this planet no fuck (laughs) so i think that's kind of what yeah it's what's interesting and it was also something i found really fascinating too was that at one point they were talking about um you know with the whole dream piece like you know sort of talking about like there was like that question brought up of like if you take away all these things from humanity i think god has cited it was like famine epidemics floods fires greed slavery revenge war like if you get rid of these things you get rid of humanity and i was like that's interesting that like a being that like ostensibly has created us that has like kind of put together the you know these laws these principles to make it such that we exist acknowledges that like these like huge examples of like human suffering are like in some ways inevitable and i'm just like why like Mm. that's the part where i was kind of like this is like this is like isn't there a piece here where like you like you as the person overseeing the, or not the person the the, the deity overseeing this would be kind of like uh, like maybe we can like curve some of these circumstances mm-hmm. i was just i thought the relationship between god and disaster was really like fascinating because i think when right. you, you look at it as like wouldn't god be the one to fix disaster but then in this story it's kind of portrayed as like you know god observes disaster but like mm. sees it as just like an inevitable pe- inevitable piece of existing and even when they were talking about the whole like limited children thing like god had brought up the question like oh well what if there's a woman who gives birth um as a result of rape and i'm like you acknowledge that rape is a thing but you don't mm. you, you're, you're not placing it like a value you're just like oh like rape is a thing that happens and i'm like but aren't you like disgusted by that yeah, i don't know like he's like isn't there like a like a moral piece here i don't know i guess like i was having a hard time just dealing with the it, it, it seemed like god was a lot more just like morally apathetic than mm. i kind of expected and i think that when you when you see these portrayals it's like god is like this very like morally righteous like very much like in the right all the time whereas like in this piece god was just kind of like just a bit more not passive but just sort of like observe that things just happen and it was like it was one of those things where like like they acknowledge that like humanity is in this kind of like weird adolescent period Mm. but like otherwise it's just like i mean famous happened i think that's such an interesting point because that's such an interesting point because i do think you're right it does have less of a moral tint to it. Strangely, like my my view of religion has always been that God was not necessarily good or bad because something mm-hmm. that's not human, that's like saying a, a supernova or a comet that like crashes into a planet and kills everyone is bad. But you're like, huh. a comet isn't any, it's not good or it's not anything. Right. And, and I think that's what humans do is we anthropomorphize we yes we like press we pull things from ourselves and we put it on other things that honestly and that don't necessarily have human you know we, they don't have morality that, that's mm-hmm. not something that they have and so i actually thought um that 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 description didn't that, that didn't shock me any um i i kind of thought it was like god's way of showing that humans are very powerful creatures. Mm-hmm. And I think we we almost use God and religion as an escape from how powerful we are. Mm. God's like, I gave you free will. Free will means if you change some if 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 you had free will and when you change something, and he kind of talks about that. I'm he was like they were like, if I if you do something, Martha, I'm not gonna change it. Like right. that's gonna be how it is. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God. And I think that is exactly what free will is. It's mm-hmm. the fact that each one of our choices no one's coming from ex machina down to fix right. it and reset button restart zelda back to the level right. one like that's what happened and that's we're gonna have to deal with that and i think we want to simultaneously be have free will and not have the consequences of free will and mm. 
we can't do that. So if you want God to come in and fix all of our problems and stop people from doing stuff, that's fine. But now you can't choose if you want a chocolate bar or like, you right. know, some toffee. And and I think it's having, I think she very easily, or I guess very simply explained the concept that I actually think is hard for people to kind of grasp. Mm-hmm. God was like, look, if you make a decision, that's the decision. And that's what's going to affect people. And it, there are going to be mistakes and it is going to cause a problem. But that's what it means to sort of um, exist, I guess, right. and to have any power in existing, you know? Mm. So I thought that was interesting. I, To your point, though, what he's, when, when you said this was all a game, I actually had a quote about that because she, Martha does say that. She's like, are you just playing with us? Is this mm. just a game? Um, are you bored because you're bored? And God pauses and then says, I'm not bored. But he, they don't say it's not a game. They just say they're not bored, which is very interesting because it means it's not that it's not that we're, this doesn't have meaning, but it doesn't mean it's not in the parameters of what you think of as a game, which is something that is not the whole picture. So I thought Got that was very you. interesting. But that that was my thinking about the story. But your your points about the callousness and sort of the God being slightly less I, I think we do our taught when we're children, like, God loves you. <laughs> and like, I loves everything. And you're like, right. we don't know that. Right. You <laughs> like, don't know that. I, or maybe we don't know, we don't conceptualize love the way, you know, we have one understanding of love. Maybe we don't have an understanding that's bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, honestly. Right. Or perhaps if you still ascribe to that belief that God loves you, maybe that love manifests in different ways. Mm. It's not necessarily as a result of you like, like experiencing like, you know, this in this bout of fortune, but more so is like the fact that you've even gotten the chance to experience this world at At all. all. Or maybe even that point you were saying about, am I dead? No, you're here with me. Maybe just you're here. Maybe that's what love is to an entity. That's so big and vast. Like you just are. Huh? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's a really kind of interesting sort of kind of like beautiful way of putting it. Um, that's hmm, that's interesting. But yeah, but I'm trying to think was was there anything else from from the story that like kind of stood out to you? Um, I think one thing I really liked, and maybe um, this point was something you noticed too. Um, there's a point where he's God says. Uh, you see what your life has prepared you to see because mm-hmm. as we mentioned he looks like noah or he looks like moses it looks like a white man <laughs> <laughs> that you would see in any textbook and the catholic church um, or any other church um and then and then she says um i just thought i had already broken out of the mental cage i was born and raised mm. in um, a human god a white god a male god and then God responds, if that were, if it were truly a cage, you would still be in it. And I would still look the way I did when you first met me. And then Martha says, there is that. Then what would you call this? And God says, an old habit. The trouble with habits is that they tend to outlive their usefulness. Wow. And I really liked that part because it made me, for I, I'm someone who struggles with having so many encoded biases from society that I, I hate. Mm-hmm. Even in this podcast, I think I've called God He, even though I don't believe God is a man. <laughs> um, and and I and I I think I've struggled with that, and I've always thought that maybe that that means I haven't really escaped anything. But to call something a habit as opposed to a cage is a lot more freeing. It gives you more mm. agency. So I really liked that part. That's interesting, and it also kind of gives you 
and it's sort of exemplified in the text like it gives you kind of like this room for like evolution right it's like mm. god can go from like this is a black woman right like oh i guess we also n- never really said like how martha identifies but yeah like martha's True. a black woman she um i think she said like her mom had given birth to her when she was like 14 right. she like, grew up very poor um and it was interesting actually because like um like basically when god was saying like oh yes like you're going to be, you're going to come back and like fix humanity, but also you're going to be born at like the lowest ring of society. Like Martha right. was like pissed and was like, I'm sorry, but like, did that not already happen? Like I already went through it. Like, and I'm not doing that shit again. But I think it was interesting because like, as like, like that idea of calling it an old habit, like it kind of leaves that room for evolution where God can go from being sort of like this, this space of this like oppressive yes. structure to like, looking more and more like you to the point where like right. at the very end like g- like martha even gave god a hug and like right. even said that like god and i look like sisters like it was just one of those things where like you like when even though something can be an old habit you can still sort of like mm. tend to it and there's that room for for growth there which i thought was really i like that interesting but um yeah. but i guess just in in the vein of quotes there's also something that kind of stuck out to me that i thought was really interesting so basically they were talk so this kind of happens right when um like essentially like god's like you're gonna do this thing and martha's like what um they like go on this walk in this park <laughs> and basically it reads god went to a huge deep red um norway maple tree and sat down beneath it on a long wooden bench martha realized that he had climbed that he had created both the ancient tree and the comfortable looking bench only a moment before she knew this but again it had happened so smoothly that she had that she was not jarred by it it's so easy she said is it always this easy for you god sighed always he said she thought about that. His sigh, the fact that he looked away into the trees instead of at her. Was an eternity of absolute ease just another name for hell? Or was that just the most sacrilegious thought she'd had so far? Mm. And so I was like, that is really fucking interesting. Because it was one of those things where it's like, when we think of, I mean, both in a sort of like mundane, sort of like human sense, but also in sort of like a like a religious kind of spiritual kind of sense like it, it like this idea of a, like of a utopia right of having absolute power of never experiencing any sort of like downfall or calamity just having things always be easy like i think it was that, that part just to me just pointed like just seemed very human right like of mm. god being like you know having absolute power being able to know what's going to happen next being able to like just have see everything it's like that is kind of in a way it's it's like monotonous it's not really that interesting there's nothing right. really to learn and i think that like that was something that was like it seemed like even though God is depicted as this like all powerful being, there was this like this like loud excitement with the, with Martha being there that like Martha right. was like jumping these ideas and being like oh like children uh, dreams and God's like yeah girl let's like God was like in it and was <laughs> right. like yes like this is lady because right. it's like this it, it make it's exciting to not necessarily know what's gonna happen next and to have there be risk in it and I think right. that this idea of like. And I know it sounds a bit callous, but like being able to introduce risk and the possibility for like, you know, mm. not knowing something or things going contrary to what you think they will or like kind of things being a bit more high stakes does give more meaning to things when they go well. Um, right. And so I just thought that, that was really interesting that like even in this God could be like, yeah, like I know everything. Everything's always really easy, but it's kind of boring and perhaps so monotonous. That it's almost <laughs> it's almost like a hell in a way where right. it's like everything just meets your expectations. So and I think we've talked about that just mm-hmm. between the two of us, just the idea that eternity being so long ends up making things kind of meaningless. Right. And it's almost like 
the fact humans we we we're almost unappreciative of the fact that we don't know any everything we 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 hate it more than everything that mm-hmm. we don't live forever and we don't know everything but we never stop to think of the other side of the coin of what would it mean to know everything right. and to have everything and to live forever? forever. <laughs> At a certain point, you might do things just to spice up the day. And honestly, right. I'm thinking about it because I've played The Sims. And, you know, when you get bored, you start doing some wild stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even a little bit more wild than God. Like, you'll be making houses, taking away doors from that. That's that's actually funny because I actually had friends who literally would be like, yeah, like I would be so bored mm-hmm. that I would like make sure one of my Sims like that bitch could not cook at all. Leave him in a room with no doors. A fire would inevitably break out and that mm. bitch would try to be clawing at the walls and shit. It just couldn't get out. Like it's like or like someone who couldn't swim just throwing him in a pool and like putting the cover the over it. Like yeah. taking with a ladder or like putting a cover over it. Just like sadistic like pain shit. Yes. <laughs> but it's funny that it's like what and I think there's something to be explored there. It's like why is it that for something to be interesting like mm-hmm. why is it that for all of your sims to be like you know to have all this fortune to have great connections to experience love to experience all the greatest things right. is so fucking boring you're like right. if right. just introduce <laughs> something else like make that bitch trip in the street like something to give it like some right. spice but like when everything's just perfect you're like no one's learning nothing's happening everything's right. just here everyone's just ill and like there's and just you something have to have add something <laughs> right it's just, mm, it's just it, it really kind of shows that parody of like i mean yes we want to experience the good things but like if everything's good then like mm. nothing's really good at all because like everything like good just becomes mundane good becomes right. like the norm and there's nothing to really like compare it to but then it also but kind it's of interesting marcel that you think that because it's interesting that you your your thing is things have there has to be a little bit of bad because mm-hmm. then it makes the good worth living where i almost see it as as if bad things happening is kind of like um like a side effect or mm. like um an externality of choice got you as opposed to like well if for things to be interesting bad things have to happen well for things to be interesting cho- there has to be choice and with choice comes the possibility of bad things happening that's interesting so i, I just noticed you said that a couple times and i was like that's an interesting thought mm-hmm. but i was like maybe i'll throw it on its head a little bit and right. see what you think <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's interesting because i think because the thing is, I mean, The Sims is a game, right? And it's just True. one of those things where it's like it, the way things happen in real time. It's like, yeah, like, I mean, when things like by by virtue of having choice, like, I mean, you're, you're also not you're, you're not wrong. I mean, that's absolutely mm. correct. It's like there there is that inevitability of like, OK, like bad things just could happen. And it's mm. interesting, too, because it kind of makes you look at that scale of like, OK, of all the things that could be great and all the things that could be shitty. And like, obviously, this is like a very human made scale because like a lot of these things could just be things. Mm. Um like, I guess the question just sort of bringing it back, like, to between God and Martha is, like, to what extent do you right. want it to be shitty? Because the thing is, right. it's, like, things are always going to be kind of shitty. Like, like, like if you wake up and miss your bus, that's kind of shitty. But, True. like, being, like, oppressed because of your race, really, really shitty. shitty. You know? <laughs> like, so it's, like, how shitty do you want it to be? Do you want right. it to be these sort of, like, mundane sort of, like, okay, girl, that was more inconvenient, but, like, you still experience the fortunate things? Or do you want, like, like... Because I, I feel like people always posit things as like, if you can experience just like the worst of the worst, you experience mm. the best of the best. And I don't always think that's the case with I humanity. Don't think so I don't, I don't think that that's true. I think it's one mm. of those things where it's like, a lot of the like times where people experience the worst of the worst, that's like humanly constructed and like mm-hmm. entirely avoidable and like unnecessary half the time. True. And so it's just one of those things where it's like, I think you can still experience 
yeah, like those great moments and those great experiences, but like it doesn't have to come with like the like you know right. population level suffering of like right. hell of people. You know, like what I mean? Thanos like, being like, we have to snap our fingers and destroy. Like we didn't need to do that. We actually did not need right. that. Didn't need to happen, but right. we. That's a good point. Opted for that. That's a good point. Um, I had a thought and I've and I've lost it, so that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, we can keep going. But yeah, but um, but yeah. So I just thought I thought this I thought this tale was really really interesting. I think I mean for an introduction to Octavia Butler, I thought it was really I. I was I was really interested in like sort of the tone of it, sort of like the complexity of it. It's funny because like reading through it, I was like, God's kind of an asshole. But talking about it with you, I'm sort of like, <laughs> oh, like I guess it's actually like it like it makes sense. I'm like sort of seeing it a bit more compassionately. Oh, I yes. remember what my thought was. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought after like what you said, where like things could go very badly or things could go very good. Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe God, if you believe in God does believe in us because if you were an omnipresent being who knew that uh, humans weren't shit they were about to make a lot of boring decisions (laughs) and you knew that like you saw to the end and you're like you guys made it by a hair you guys didn't destroy the whole thing by a hair and you still made them you that is like a faith in humanity that I have never seen another human have wow. in humanity, which is like a kind of an interesting thought. And then I think what's so interesting is what humans are so good at forgetting that we're actually all the same. Mm-hmm. And I think there might be like a difference in that God thinking that you guys are all the same. So naturally you'll end up working together. And that's where your strength comes from is mm-hmm. all these individual thoughts coming together to an aggregate human race that can solve so many things because they're able to simultaneously see things differently and then come together and be the same. And then we were like, actually, God, like we're not really the same <laughs> as those other humans. And like, we'll never work with them. In fact, we'll kill them. And God was like, wow. Um, I, well, that my whole plan has gone up in smoke, and um, <laughs> I guess I'll just send Martha down to like fix that for you guys. Right. <laughs> so I wonder how much of what we do as such poor, such a poor choice that it like honestly disrupts the whole universe. And I don't know. I think we should sit with the idea that we affect the world more than we think, because mm. I think we do a lot of things with this caveat of like, well, we don't really affect it that much. And as we see from the planet, climate change. <laughs> so, I did uh, have, oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, just to underline that point really quickly. I think, so I think that was really, that, that's a really interesting point there, especially when you consider the fact that like at one point in the passage, you know, Martha was like, so God, why did you pick me exactly to do this? And then like, oh no, Martha was like, so what if I say no? What if I'm not like, mm, no, I'm not going to do this. And like after God was like, well, you will do it. And Martha was like, but like, what if I don't do it though? <laughs> and God was like, well, I'll just pick literally anyone else. And I think that was really interesting because it was like, there was no like, it's not like Martha had like this super hidden ability to like fix right. the right. It was like, Martha is a person. Mm-hmm. Other people are people. And thus like in individually and also in the aggregate, like we, like you said, we are sort of the vectors to like, making things better we affect things a lot more than than we think we do so i think even just picking someone like just having martha be literally indistinguishable from anyone else it's not because she's a writer or like grew up in the south it's like literally it's like you're a person you were like the first one or even that she's black and has been oppressed and understands oppression even that's not really the reason he chose her right we don't know why yeah 
But but you were gonna you were gonna say something. Oh, this is kind of a lighter tone, so I thought mm-hmm. I would kind of see <laughs> your thoughts on this. So she, you know, Martha does this change to society. Mm-hmm. It's it's very theoretical when she says it. These very visceral dreams, and mm-hmm. I was like, what? is that in our present day society and i was like is it the internet is it virtual reality technology mm. is it social media what are these visceral sort of unrealistic you is it imagination is it you know because she says writing will suffer and we kind of live in a time period where writing has suffered True. is it movies you know and for two hours you sort of take your mind off of the world and kind of go somewhere else into a different reality. And, and sometimes a reality that makes you more thoughtful. Right. So, so I, I don't know. I, I, she doesn't really give us an answer as to what the dreams are. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're just literal dreams. <laughs> what do you think the, what the dreams are if they're not just dreams? So, so I took it literally. I thought they were literally just dreams, but I think the way that you frame that is interesting. So if I had to choose something, I would say, Hmm. I kind of feel like it's all of the above. Like I feel like, oh. or at least it, for me, I think mm. something that would be sort of a version of something that might be perhaps like something that highlights like, you know, the, like my ideal circumstances, but at the same time, like motivates me to become a better person. I think for me, um, it's just like any kind of like art. So I think for me, like historically, mm. that has been like these sort of vectors of storytelling, things like books, things like um, in a lot of ways, video games, um, movies to like a lesser extent, more so like, mm. you know, like kind of, yeah, just any sort of like form of escapism that like require because the thing is like a dream in a lot of ways is like is you know it's like you're not it's not your life right so it's like i think right. anything that kind of defines itself for you as escapism but like kind of motivates you to be a better person okay is sort of like how i would sort of see it what about you when you said video games i feel like that's the one that resonated the most with me because mm-hmm. it's the same type of thing where it's like a utopia in that like it's like a utopia in that nothing you can start over, you know, in a mm-hmm. video game. You can, there's literally, you always can just die and then you come back straight to the same part and you learn and you grow. And it does, well, there are a lot of bad video games <laughs> and there is Correct. a lot of bad video game culture. But taking something as simple as Zelda, where you are trying to defeat evil, but you're going through this whole path and learning and you die, but you can start over. And, I think that kind of is this sort of utopic dream that she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, probably more than anything else I can really think of. Yeah. But who knows? Who you know? knows? <sighs> but yes, well, hopefully Martha will descend upon us and make things better. But yeah, but I think that that's... No, Lord knows she won't. Right. <laughs> we'll see what the <laughs> fuck happens. But um. But yeah, but I think those are pretty much all of my my thoughts. Did you have any right. anything else that you were, wanted to leave our listeners? No, I have nothing else. Great. Well, <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. Um, you know, Akko and I will be back in two weeks to talk about right. um, the picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. Um, so, so excited stay to stay tuned it. for that. Um, in the interim, though, you know, we are. You know, we love to read. We love to, you know, talk about fiction and fantasy and things like that. But also, you know, we want to encourage our listeners to write and get into that as well. So something that we would love you all to maybe send to us is that we have this creative writing prompt. Right. Like, so over, you know, over email or respond to us on Twitter or whatever, whatever, like, feel free to send us a 250 word response to the following. Dragons are people. Yes. 
and dragons are people. So just send us your thoughts on that. Um, and you know, next week or rather in two weeks, um, we'll sort of like read one of the submissions that we got on, you know, on the air and we'll kind of like a talk dramatic about it. reading, a dramatic reading and um, loving commentary. Exactly. Cause you know, we, we, we love y'all. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I guess from there, um, yeah, you feel free to send us right. any emails or any questions. Follow on, us on Twitter. Yep. At, you know, at thesecolorpages at gmail.com. Check out our website at thecoloredpages.com. <laughs> um, send us stuff on Twitter. We have a Reddit. Um, yeah. Anything else, Ako? No. Um, see you guys in two weeks. And catchphrase. And keep exploring. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>